nobody brings Philadelphia fans closer together like the Green Legion. From tailgates in South Philly to invading enemy territory, this group is home to the true Philadelphia sports fan. Now, their party hits the airwaves. Quimby, Michael Diaz, Chris Sachs, Slash, Super Sam, and legendary wide receiver Irving Fryer always keep the conversation going. So crack a beer, take a shot, and join the virtual tailgate now on Green Legion Radio. Yeah. All right, welcome to Green Legion Radio, the Players Show, here on 102.5 Fox Sports, the Gambler in Philadelphia, also an iHeart radio station brought to you by Live Casino, where we have an active member of your Philadelphia Eagles every Tuesday night from 8 to 9, but the show runs from 8 to 10. Come on down here, hang out with us. It's a lot of fun. I'm Chris Sack, hosting the show this evening as I am giving you a reprieve of both Quimby and Diaz Woo-hoo! this week. All right. Which should, which means this should be our best show of the season. I'm just yeah, Sack, it's already the best. Uh, it, it, You're it doing is. such a great it job. Is. I'm just, you know, but hey, nonetheless, make sure you download the iHeartRadio app and rate, review, download, and subscribe to Green Legion Radio on Fox Sports The Gambler Philadelphia. I'm anticipating a text message from Quimby any moment now saying that you're fired. Phone's <laughs> <laughs> ready. Nonetheless, the show is brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light, Bud Light Seltzer, and Michelob Ultra, Stateside Vodka, and Stateside Bourbon, Diaz, <laughs> Dave Babuso, State Farm, Greater Philadelphia Health Action, Bucks County Baseball Company, Premier Window Cleaning, WeHateDirtyWindows.com, The Ludlam Bar and Grill in Seattle City, The La Casa Lemonade is delicious. Speaking of delicious, the girls over at the cheerleaders, I gotta make sure you go down and hang out with them, especially after Eagles games on Sundays. And, and Echelon Health and Fitness. Again, Chris Sack, Green Legion Radio. And back on the board is our good friend John Jansen. Happy to have him back. As you guys listened to uh, the pregame show the other day, we were happy to report that Jansen's dad is doing much, much better. Uh, we got the full lowdown on that. But Jansen, happy to have you back on the board, my friend. Sitting to my left and running our board here at Philly Life Casino is Slash the Gobbler. What's up, buddy? How we doing What's tonight? What's going on? How's everybody doing? How was everybody's Christmas? It was well. Expensive. It was expensive, too. No <laughs> doubt about it. The weather, the weather too. I'm very, depressed. Very, very cold. <laughs> That's the first time, first thing Irv said to me. I was like, how's your Christmas, man? He's like, expensive. Same. <laughs> All right, man. I'll, I'll, talk to you. I'll talk to you later. Intern Lauren is back here. She will be on the mic in the second hour. I, I'm jealous of, of Spuds, but we'll get to him in a second. Because sitting to his right is Super Sam Brady, who had to sweat out another victory for her man on Sunday Night Football this week. Sam, home how record. are you? Homewrecker. I'm not a homewrecker. I just don't like him, and if the distraction can help, I'll do what I can. <laughs> don't blame you at all. To her left is the host of the Eagles Insider Podcast and wearing a sweet Lip zipper here this evening <laughs> in honor of Minshew Mania. It's, it's, it's my Minshew Mania stash. Dave Spadaro. Yeah. Thank you. You can see it from there, right? I can. Thank you. <laughs> you guys look hard. <laughs> def- you need my glasses. It's definitely a sweet caterpillar that's running across. Yeah, the now, I'm not announcing that Minshew is playing on Sunday, but I'm just saying in case he is the quarterback, uh, you know, you got to support the guy, and the best way to do so is to grow the Minshew Mania mustache. Now, if he's not playing, are you shaving that before game time? Yes. Okay. Just no, you have to leave it on. No, I don't. 
<laughs> no peer pressure. So you, really, right, radio radio at all. you really don't support <laughs> Minshew mania. When he's the starting it's, quarterback. It, if he went, if he's not, then I'll grow a Jalen, uh, I don't know what I'll grow. Ears pierced? I'll, I'll, I'll re-pierce my ear. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> I mean, my thing was like everybody, when, when, when Gardner was the quarterback, everybody really ra- rallied around him. Um, Played. We'll, we'll go through the game on shore later. Absolutely. But, uh, I was. Um, that's. This is my little way of supporting Gardner. I like it. Very little. I like it. It's a very little. Solid em- representation right there. Little. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting across the table from me is the Reverend, the Doctor, Eagles, and NFL legendary wide receiver Irving Fryer. What's up, Irv? Good to be here, fellas. Irv. Good to be Sam, Lauren. Good to be here. And sitting right next to him, and between Dave and Irving Fryer, is the punter of your Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. Brett Kern. Brett Kern. Woo, woo, woo. What's going on, Brett? Up? Brett's in his 15th year, and he's never seen anything like this craziness right here. This is crazy. <laughs> well, I, and I will not be growing a mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the craziness, Brett. I, I, I was sitting there, like, uh, you know, Quimby sent me over a, a nice long run sheet about you and about who you are and... and the numerous amount of punts that you've had in your career. I think it's going to be fun for us to just get to know you over the over the course of time. One of the questions I want to ask right off the top for you, Brett, is: Listen, you were you know you you, you got the call from the Philadelphia Eagles. Aaron Sipas goes down after the the Giants game or during the course of the Giants game. You get the call. At, I'm assuming it's from Howie Roseman. Is are you just sitting around just waiting for an opportunity, or is it the right opportunity for you to be able to jump back in? And it's like, hey, okay, cool, not a problem. I'm going to a team that has lost one game all season here in December up until that point. How awesome is that for you to get that opportunity with the Eagles? I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, with what happened with, in Tennessee to get released uh, was tough because I've been there for so long. But uh, I knew that I still wanted to play football, and I had uh, you know some kicks left in the leg, and. Uh, so yeah, I was just taking it week by week, uh, kind of preparing for if a team called. And this year's kind of been different. There's only been one really punter change, uh, you know, with Jake Bailey getting hurt up in New England and, and Pilardi taking over. Um, and so I actually just got back from church with my family uh, down in Nashville, and uh, my agent called me and uh, he just said, "Hey, this is the situation." And um, I was I was super excited. I know a lot of people on the staff. Uh, you know, Jake and Rick, I know uh, from just playing against them for a while and seeing Rick at the Pro Bowl a couple years ago. So uh, I-, I was truly excited. This is a, a great opportunity and uh, I'm thankful for it. Do you, rem- do you, I'm sorry, uh, do you remember the uh, title of the sermon that day you went to church? <laughs> I, I don't, honestly. Okay, all right. I should, but it, I, maybe right. it has something to do with somebody's getting ready to get blessed or something like that. No, it, honestly, <laughs> it, it was more, uh, I do remember, uh, I, I can't tell you the exact scripture or anything like that that it went into, but I do remember sitting in church thinking, uh, you know, if you're going through a, a dark time, uh, you know, that the Lord has something waiting for you on the other end. And um, and so I was kind of debating my mind, like, am I really going through a hard time? Like, I'm being able to be around my family a ton and my wife and take them to school uh, all the time that uh, you know I haven't been able to do really for 14 years right. uh, while playing and so uh, you know just kind of having a lot of thoughts go through my head and, and really thinking about the blessings that I do have and um, you know it was uh, it was a great sermon and then uh, obviously to come home and and to get the call was uh, was pretty crazy. Brett, nobody wants to come in on an injury. I mean, no, and, and, and Aaron, the play that Aaron made was truly an amazing play. I mean, scooping the ball up, a crazy athletic play. But does it happen almost instantaneously that your agent is aware of everything that's going on around the league, and he says, "Hey, uh, Aaron Sipos just went down. I'm going to give Howie Roseman a call." Or like, how does like 
Does it happen later that day? Does it happen during the course of a game? My, my, th- I, w- I was thinking like the Eagles immediately had to reach out to you to make sure that like nobody else got hurt, that you would get scooped up before they had a chance to bring you in. Yeah, I, I, I mean, my agent called me. Uh, like during the, like immediately after home, you got home from church. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly trying to remember what time it was actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, he called and I, I couldn't really believe that. You know what had happened because it's it's a pretty rare play, obviously, for that to happen. And so, also the turf monster at MetLife is that turf is, is a crazy bitch. It's awful. Yeah, it, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> and so, I actually went on Twitter and just to see if I could find it, couldn't find it, and uh, could just kind of started processing, you know, what had happened. And um, and so, the, finally, my agent sent me what happened, and I just for, it was a heck of a play by Aaron um, to be able to pick the ball up like that, scoop it up, and he was so close, and and to get hurt on that is really. Uh, it's a shame because he's a great guy, you know, having a good year. And um, you never want to come in and take over for somebody that got hurt. Um, but, you know, that happened to me, you know, 2020. A, a field goal came back. We were playing in Cincinnati uh, when I was with the Titans. And uh, it was an extra point. Bobbled a snap. Rolled out. And I realized this is an extra point. I just need to get rid of this thing. Got rid of it. And a guy that was on the Titans practice squad the year before hit me late. Got me underneath my shoulder pads. Knocked me back wrist landed on the turf in Cincinnati and you know broke my wrist and my elbow and so you know it's, I mean this stuff happens like I, you know wasn't planning on getting hurt in Cincinnati that day but um, you know someone came in and, and did the job until I could get healthy again so I, I, I this leads to the question how much does it hurt to get hit in an NFL game Irv has done it his entire life it's kind of not a fair comparison because you're like used to it but for you Brett I think I um, uh, I, I chose punning so I wouldn't get hit. When he got hit, he appreciates. See, I got hit in high school yeah. so hard by one of my best friends. He was wow. a linebacker. I was a receiver. Got hit on a little slant route right across the middle. <laughs> knocked me, knocked the wind out of me. All The whole works. And that was the first time because I played soccer growing up. And uh, Smart man right there. Yeah. Oh. And so I remember getting hit. And my buddy was laughing at me. And I got up, went to the head coach. I said, look. I'm gonna pl- I'll play. I'll play football if you let me kick and punt, and that's what I'm going to do. He said, "You can go over to the other field and work on it as much as you want." And that's what I did. See, Brett, I, I was thinking on the way over here, Dave. That's that's a great segue. I was thinking to ask you, what is the hardest you've been hit, and you do get your opportunity. Do you get? Do you have? You do have your shots to where you get to take a shot at the other the other team too. Who was the hardest person that you ever got to hit? The, person, the hardest person that I've hit? Yeah, like when you punt nope, the ball nobody. and like make a tackle. You've never made a tackle? No. Well, I've, I've been a speed bump. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, the punter I mean, doesn't want to have to make tackles because he's actually the last line of defense. I, I, I so touched. something bad has happened. But you have an opportunity here to glorify a situation here. I mean, we're, we're on radio. I don't think anybody's going to try that's, and look the play up that's true. and sit there and go, hey, you know, but like you can sit here and just say, hey, man, I got a lick on uh, Devin Hester or something like I, that. Well, I did touch his shoulder pad. Right? <laughs> yes. There you go. Did you knock him off course? Did you knock him out of uh, bounds? Did you I just... slowed him up. The problem was it was in the middle of the field. He he came at me. He could have gone left or right. I didn't have a sideline to work with, and so it was one of those. Oh man! Let's feeling. see how unathletic I can look <laughs> trying to tackle Devin Hester. Yeah, and, and don't tear your ACL in the process. Yeah, That's right. But I did get a, a piece of his shoulder pad, and uh, thankfully another teammate came in and, and took him down. 
and uh, they scored in the next play. Now when he so. goes in the hall, now when, now when he goes in the hall of fame, are you going to frame that picture and put it up like I got a piece of Devin Hester? That picture, I think that picture should be off Google. <laughs> Here, uh, let me look it up. Bro. Sproul, no. I mean, Sproul's got me. Uh, back when I was in Denver, he got a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Tell the tell the story, Brett. So Brett's my at my guest for everybody listening on this week's Eagles Insider podcast. We had a great interview last last week, and. Um, I wanted to find out because it was very unusual. He had a, a great year and a half in Denver, Denver coming into the league, and then all of a sudden he's gone from Denver. So I asked him, what, how did you get cut in Denver? His story is a great one. Yeah, I was supposed to, it was Monday Night Football, week six, uh, Denver playing at the, the San Diego Chargers, and uh, Sproles was, was the returner. Uh, end of the half, I was supposed to kick it out of bounds, went about two yards from going out of bounds, uh, and he was untouched. And took it to the house, and uh, I was gone, you know, a day later. So, Darren Sproles, uh, he got me. And then when I went to Tennessee, because I got picked up off waivers after I got released in Denver, played the Chargers again on Christmas night, and I begged him, please don't do me how you did when we played you earlier <laughs> in San Diego. So, uh, thankfully that night, I remember it being really cold down in Nashville, and uh, he had a couple fair catches and, and uh, got out of that game pretty clean. That, that doesn't make sense, though. That Denver let you go because that particular year, I got my notes here. You you had the third highest yards per punt average in the history of the NFL that particular year. It's, things happen. Who was the head coach that year? That was uh, McDaniel's yeah. Josh McDaniel's first head coaching. Where they started? Yeah. Where you guys started out five and zero, six and zero, and then six and zero got cut, went to Tennessee. They were zero and six. They flipped their season around, went eight and two when I was there. So I went fourteen and two that year without. You're the good luck charm. Yeah, without uh, making the playoffs. <laughs> wow. Now, see, uh, 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 being that you have come from Tennessee, uh, thir- I think it was thirteen years that you were with the Titans. Yep. You, had, you had some close calls. Uh, you know, the one year I think you guys lost in the AFC Championship game yep. to, uh, to the Chiefs. Uh, last year, you guys were the number one seed in the AFC. You know what it's like to to play in pressure packed games. Um, I know there's a lot of veteran leadership on this team, and you're just coming in. Uh, you've only had a couple punts since you've been here in literally game action. A, literally a couple. I mean, you look exhausted from the game the other day. I mean, you pretty much were just holding the ball for Jake Elliott. But, uh, you know, like, some of that experience that you've had, being that close, um, being our age, I, I was sitting there, I was like, man, he's actually, finally we have somebody that's born, you know, like, right before me <laughs> or right after me. But somebody your age, especially in the NFL, and I know punters tend to last a lot longer than everybody else does, uh, but having the opportunity to come onto this team, this Eagles team, and having another shot at a Super Bowl title, that something that's eluded you for you know, your whole entire career, uh, that's got to be something that was really, you know, when, when you got the call from your agent, it was like, man, that, not a problem. I'm on, my, I'm on the next plane to Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when the Eagles called, I, I mean, what an opportunity, you know, to come here um, and, and being familiar with, uh, you know, the coaching staff and, and some of the players uh, made it real easy, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you walk in the locker room and the, the veteran leadership on this team is, um, it's unbelievable. Uh, guys that have been here for a long time, uh, Fletch and, and BG and, uh, you know, just seeing how they operate and how they do things. And I've been on teams with, you know, veteran leadership and, uh, but to see this team from top to bottom, uh, you know, how well they get along, how well, uh, we're connected and just, I've only been here for two weeks, and I already feel like, man, this is this is a great group of brothers to be to be a part of, and a great team to to go out on a field on Sunday and, and to play with. Can we go back to the beginning, Brett? How did you become a punter, um, and, and when did you really think you had a shot? 
Uh, well, I played soccer forever. My dad was, uh, he played pro soccer, and so he was a goalie, wanted to follow in his footsteps. Uh, but at the time, early 2000s, uh, you know, colleges weren't giving scholarships to, to soccer players. And so even at the time, football, you know, for kickers and punters, is probably maybe 50-50 if, if uh, a kicker or punter was going to get a scholarship. So, um I was just, I was burnt out. I played a ton of soccer and uh, just decided, you know what, why not try this football thing? Uh, so went over, did football, and uh, I started to do some camps. Went to like uh, Penn State's camp, um, you know, going into my junior season. And uh, there was probably, oh, I don't know, 300 kids there, and I got first place. And, uh, and I remember Larry Johnson Sr., um, he was the special teams coordinator there, running back coach, because, you know, um, his son was there, obviously. He was a beast. A beast, tearing it up. And he, he grabbed my dad, and he pulled my dad aside. He said, look, just just keep working at it with your son. He's got a chance. And so from that point on, I was, just keep working at this thing and, and see how far I can take it. How, how do you keep – I'm interested. Like, I, I always wonder, like, for kids, should you train to be a long snapper or a punter or kicker? Like, how – when he says work with it, did your dad just send you away, or did he have enough skill where he could teach you the nuances of, of how to become a better punter? No, I mean, my dad was just, he was there. He was like, hey, if you want to go to the high school and kick, I will go get all, all the footballs. I'll bring them back to you, whatever. Because uh, he tried, the Bills actually approached him about, you know, when he, he, when he played soccer, they said, hey, look, you have a strong leg. Why don't you try to kick a football? And he, he couldn't do it. He couldn't figure out how to make a turnover, spiral, all that kind of stuff. But he was there for... For support, 100%. And so, um, you know, he took me to Michigan, Ohio State, Syracuse, all these camps just to try to get exposure, to try to get a scholarship. And, uh, you know, I ended up going to University of Toledo, started there for four years, uh, met my wife, and, um, you know, the rest is history as far as I didn't get a, no, uh, no combine invite, uh, had one workout uh, with the Browns. Um, and it's just uh, to be here, you know, 15 years later is, is a huge blessing. Where is Grand Island, New York? And did you grow up there your whole entire life? Were you there through high school? Yes, it's currently under a crap ton of snow. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it is, just like yeah. everything else. Yeah, like, is it out towards Buffalo? Is it up right, in Yeah, it's right. Um, yeah, it's right. If uh, if you want to go to Niagara Falls from Buffalo, you have to cross Grand Island. So literally, it's an island. Um, if you go a mile down my street, look down the, across the Niagara River, and there's Canada. Um, so, yeah, I grew up there. My parents are still up there, and, um, you know, they're <laughs> fighting through all the snow that they got and, and whatnot, so it's pretty pretty serious up there right now. But, um, yeah, it's a cold place to live, beautiful summers. Um, but, yeah, that's where I uh, grew up and went to high school and everything. So did you follow any other sports up there? Were you a Bills fan, a Sabres fan? fan? Yeah, I grew up a Bills fan, grew up a Sabres fan. I'm uh, sorry about Brett Hall, by the way. Yeah, well, I actually had the opportunity uh, – <laughs> Two years ago, I was playing in a golf tournament down in Tennessee, down in Nashville, and he was there as a guest. And I went up to him. I said, just to let you know, your foot was in the crease. <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and he looked at me. And, uh, That's all he did was look at you. No, he looked at me with a smirk, and he said, well, I'm the one with the ring. And I said, okay. Oh, Got it. All right. So, yeah, but his foot was in the crease. But, yes, he has the ring. Uh, but it felt good to say that. It felt good to, to vocalize. You got it off your chest. You got it off my chest. Just that is fantastic. Are you, are you, are you a baseball fan? Uh, not really. Not but, really. Like, but I'll go to. I mean, I'll go to a game. But you're, you're not. I'm just saying, you're not going to lay claim to being a Mets fan, right? I mean, it's, it's no. See, I grew up. I grew up uh, in well, Indians. Uh, Guardians. Guardians. Fan. Okay. Right. Sorry. 
No, no, no need to apologize. If you're a Mets fan, we would end the interview now. Okay, no, <laughs> but no, no, still, no. Well, we still have two segments left in the show. I don't like the Mets or the Yankees. Don't worry about it. The check's not going to bounce. But the bu- I mean, the Buffalo Bisons <laughs> were the uh, farm team, AAA farm team yeah. for the Indians. So oh, I got to see right. like uh, Albert Bell come down, Manny oh. Ramirez. That's awesome. All those guys come in when they were Jim hurt. Jim Tomey. Jim, Jim Tomey. Oh, yeah. Kenny Lofton. Kenny yeah. Lofton. That's great. Yep. All right, well, Irv, you got a quick question? No, go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll get okay, it after cool. the break. All right, yeah. sounds great. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to go to our first break here tonight at Philly Live Casino and Hotel. Vote it. Best casino in Philadelphia. Game days at Live. Make Live Casino at and Hotel. Philadelphia, your game day destination, whether home or away. Games. Head to Center Bar and Sports and Social to watch the game. Enjoy food and drink specials, giveaways, contests, and more. Ron Jaworski's $100,000 football challenge. Make your picks against Ron Jaworski each week for your chance to win your share of $100,000 in prizes and Jaws tickets to the big game. Visit any promotional kiosk to make your picks each week. FanDuel Sportsbook, win tickets to the big game. Place a single wager of $25 or more on any big game futures. Bet with minimum odds of plus 300 at the FanDuel Sportsbook for your chance to win two tickets to the big game. This is the Green Legion Radio Players Show at Philly Live Casino. We'll be right back right after this. Actually listening to the Green Legion Radio Players Show, but that's the All-Pro Philly Show is a good one to make sure you guys tune in when they're on the air. <laughs> Welcome back, Green Legion Radio Player Show at Philly Live Casino with Eagles punter Brett Kern. He's signing a whole bunch of autographs here, and it's one of the benefits of coming down to Live Casino when we have Eagles players here. And I wondered, Brett, when's, what was your first, uh, and Earth too, how old were you when you signed your first autograph? And, like, what was it to be, what was it like to be asked for an autograph? <laughs> I'll take this one, Dave. <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to know what uh, what happened for me? What do you got? Go, oh, it's, probably, it's probably the same. I was in college. You were in college? High school. Okay. What? Wow. Oh. You were the man in high school. Then. Oh, I, I wasn't the man in high school. There were guys on my team in high school who played better, were better ballers than me. They just, the grades didn't allow them to get to college. They were, they were knuckleheads, I guess you could say. Um, but it was in college at Nebraska. And, um, just, uh, and what was it like? Um, it was different. Well, I had a different experience at Nebraska. When I first got there, um, walking down the street, going to practice, I checked in the dorm already. Are walking through corn? No, no, I was walking. Oh, okay. It was pavement. It was actually, actually pavement. It's your building. The sidewalk. <laughs> and I'm walking down the street, and I see this girl, my age. She's a student. Oh, man. She's walking. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking the same oh, thing. Oh, here we go. Keep it coming. We, we kind of catch eyes, and, you know, she gets closer, get closer, and we're looking at each other. And trying to hold she back says hi. Feeling. I said hi. I'm like, okay. So long. So she comes up to me. She grabs my hand. Oh, man. And she starts rubbing my hand. I'm like, okay, it's going to be nice here in Nebraska. <laughs> we're on the radio here. And, and I remember I, well, that. <laughs> This is real. This is a soft core as it gets. This about, ends about weird. Yeah. 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 I said, hey, I'm, you know, what's up? You rubbing my hand. What's going on? She goes, and this is 1980, August 13th, 1980. I'll never forget this. Phillies won the World Series. She said, um, I've seen black people before on TV, but I've never seen one in person. So oh I wanted my. to see how your skin felt. Oh, Whoa. that did take a yeah, turn. I was like, and can I have your autograph? No, I wouldn't. No, that was. <laughs> Oh there are no God. words, Jim. <laughs> so the, that was different. But no, it was. Uh, it, it it really didn't make me feel any different. 
Um, it was a little bit of surprise that uh, you know somebody would want my signature on a piece of paper, um, but that's how it, that's how Nebraska fans are in relationship to the players out there. It's we're their pro team in Nebraska, yeah. and, they, and they treat us very very well. I go back now. And it's like I never left. Did Brett sign that autograph? Brett, did you sign that first autograph as a soccer player or as a football player? It was um, it was the day after I committed to Toledo. Okay. And a buddy of mine came up to me and he said, hey, I think you're going to make it. I think you're going to go pretty far. He's like, I just want your autograph. Nice. Guy knew what he was talking about. All so right. how much did he get for it? I, <laughs> it's in his man cave somewhere. <laughs> Who knows where that is? Because it was just a little sheet of notebook paper. So... Uh, yeah, it was it was weird. At least but, it wasn't uh, a cocktail napkin, you know. <laughs> Brett, do you do the, do you do the, do the jersey exchange? I do. I have uh, way too many at my house, but um, all of, of guys that I really respect uh, that I've gone against over the years from uh, the Colquitt brothers, Shane Leckler, uh, Slater's jersey from New England. Uh, Is that the best one that you have? Or like best like non punter? Non punter? Well, uh, are you just? Well, I do have a Pecorine jersey signed. Ooh. Uh, you know, the Preds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Slater's jersey, that's that's pretty special. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the best special team players of all time. All time. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, so Dave was talking about this during the break. I, mean, I, I know we're coming up uh, this weekend. We have the New Orleans Saints coming to town at Lincoln Financial Field, which will be your first home game as an Eagles. So this will be the first oh. time that you get to experience the link. I get Uh-oh. to be on the right side. On the right side of things. Yeah. Right it's a lot different. Yeah, it, it, exactly. As a visiting player, I, mean, I don't know how many times you've been in here, maybe twice, three, three times throughout the course of your career. Uh, what's some of the best things that you that you might have heard that you, I mean, you obviously don't have to divulge with some of the things. Um, are you like a sticking point because you're the punter? Uh, like, do they hammer down on you pretty good from the stands? Most, most places, yeah. Uh, just because... You know, our kicking nets right there. It's mm. depending on how close you are. I mean, when you play in Buffalo, I mean, from where the kicking net to where you are at is where the fans are at. So it's very close. There's other places where it's, you know, way back there, 30 feet where the pillar is, right? So kind of depends on where you're playing, the venue, how close you are. Uh, I feel like the colder it is, the worse the fans are because they tend to be drinking more to stay warmer. Uh, that approach. <laughs> Sounds um, about right. But yeah, I mean, you know, I. I played here twice, regular season and once in the preseason. Um, you know, and I was always told to bring a pair of, uh, you know, earplugs, earplugs, earplugs. Yeah. Uh, just to not. Uh, and the first time I, I came here, it was it was rough. It was, you know, the fans are passionate here, and they'll do whatever it takes to get whoever off their game. And, I don't know uh, what you're talking about. The, uh, the, ear, <laughs> the earplugs, the earplugs would have been a good idea. I know you're. I, I've been told you're really good friends with David Akers. True. Yes, very good. How, describe the relationship. How'd you guys meet? We met, um, well, he moved to Nashville, uh, and we actually live, gosh, I don't even, maybe five minutes apart. Oh, wow. And so we uh, we used the same uh, lady as far as uh, kind of yoga, body movement, fascia tissue movement, recovery, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, David recommended uh, her to me. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, we've I've helped out his son, Luke, uh, you know, as far as punting and whatnot. And so, uh, yeah, we became close, and he was actually the first person uh, I texted. So, I mean, David's the all-time, as great as Jake is, David is still the all-time greatest kicker in Eagles history, member of the Eagles Hall of Fame, long NFL career. I, I always measure a player's career by the longevity. I think it's very difficult to make it to the NFL. It's way harder to stay in the NFL. 
why did you why why have you been in the league so long? Why why has David been? Why was he so great? Like, what is it about the consistency of kickers who literally can just lose their s in no time? Just just like that, kickers lose it. Why has it not happened to you, Brett? Uh, I think it's well. I mean, I think there's a couple things. Um, you know, just finding a routine, uh, finding a rhythm. Uh, you talk to a specialist that's been in the league in a long time, and they have very rhythmic. Uh, they have a routine that they stick to week in and week out. You could ask my wife. You know, uh, you know, hey, it's it's uh, Wednesday at three o'clock, and she would know exactly what I was doing uh, or where I was if I was. Could be a gift and a curse, there, Brett. No, no, I mean, but she, I mean, she just she knew. Uh, <laughs> You know everything that I was doing throughout the week, and th- right. that's just speaking the rhythm and the routine that I have every week, and and just taking it week by week. When you enter a season, you can't think of well, I have, you know, 16 games or 17 games now uh, that I have to get through. It's okay. Hey, we have the Saints this week. I'm focusing on the Saints. What's the weather going to be? What? Uh, where's the wind direction coming from? How can I practice throughout the week to get ready for that? Um, different types of situation. Who's the returner? You, all that kind of stuff. And you just take it week by week and. And I think the biggest thing is for me is I found uh, I didn't have the biggest leg coming out. I'm not the guy that's going to go out there and, you know, smoke it down the middle and have huge... 79 head. yards is your longest punt in your career. And it, and it rolled 20. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> you got to catch that ball, pump And, and again, again, we don't have that down in the scorecard. It says 79. <laughs> you made a birdie, you made a birdie. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, whether you're worm burning, <laughs> whether you're a worm burner or not. That's right. It's, it's, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's just... Um, you know, finding my niche for me was directional punting. And don't uh, get hit. And don't, 100%. That's why kickers stick around as long as they do. Because they, they avoid the hits and, just and unlike everybody else. They don't hit anybody. <laughs> so, so the season starts. You're not on a team. You're, you're preparing. You're keeping yourself ready. What kind of workouts does a kicker, a punter, do? I mean, I know what I had to do as a receiver. You know, position-specific workouts. What do you do to stay in shape? And what do you do to maximize yourself as a punter what kind of workouts yeah i mean it's uh like i said you know seeing uh you know people outside the building uh whether it's doing yoga but for me it's more uh you know at 36 it's more about keeping my muscles uh flexible mm-hmm. you know keeping them pliable um and so whatever i have to do it's not necessarily hey i'm gonna go put 300 on my back and, and go squat okay. right right uh or go try to you know, max out on bench, right? Um, it's, it's more or less, what can I do to keep my body loose, flexible? Um, and so, yeah, I, I actually, for, for a while, I was playing basketball just for cardio. So no, no weight running. training with your legs or anything like that? Wait, it's, I wouldn't say, it's, it's more different. It's more uh, balanced. Okay. Um, you know, like when you get, when you're, when you're doing yoga or Pilates, it's just, it's a different way of, of working your legs out. Okay. Um, I, so I, I played in a time when Reggie Roby, you know who Reggie Roby is? 100%. Reggie Roby, we played in the Orange Bowl, and we would play them down there at nighttime. Mm-hmm. And Reggie Roby's leg would at literally just fly above his head. He, he, oh, yeah. he could kick the ball at nighttime out out of the lights. Yep. I'd have to wait and try to guess where it was going and then wait for it to come back into the lights before I saw it and was able to get underneath the ball to catch it. And it seemed like, yes... His biggest thing was making sure his leg was able to get up as high as he wanted it to, right. uh, and that flexibility was a big part of his routine. Yeah. So I mean, there, you know, you are, you know, lifting weights and and whatnot, but it's not, you know, going out there and trying to break records or, or anything like that. It's more or less how can I keep my legs uh, fresh, flexible, um, so you know I can go out and have. I I tried to keep on the schedule that I was at 
if I was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I actually followed the Titans schedule because when their bye week came around, I was wife and I went away for a little for a little weekend trip, uh, you know, and uh, just just stayed on that schedule. I was watching a ton of football because I didn't know if anybody was going to call, if somebody would call, but I wanted to be prepared and ready for, for whoever called. How how is it being away from your family now? Uh, they're down in is Tennessee. Yep, down in Nashville. Nashville. Did they come in for Christmas? No, uh, I actually went down there real quick. Came back up. Um, you know, it, it was expensive. You know, Christmas. Was <laughs> so I'm guessing you left Dallas and went went to Tennessee yep, real quick. Came back um, just so I could you know be there on Christmas just to uh, you know open up presents with them and, and be you have the, three kids. Three kids. How old are they? Uh, Thirteen, ten, and six. So you're still in that in that. Santa Claus. Christmas is huge. Yeah. yeah. So, so what's it? What you didn't answer my question. So what is it like? You know, it's, I mean, it's being it's away different. from them. Yes. Yeah, it's different. It's hard um, adjusting to, you know, when you've been around them, taking them to school and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, the other night we just we got on Facetime, and uh, nice. I just I just kept it on because I wanted to hear the noises of, of home yeah. and whether it was my my two girls were you know playing American Girl doll or go know, back to your room or, or even even my son just. <laughs> You know, my son's just on the couch reading, and he's he's in the picture the whole time, but he's reading. But nice. I just wanted to feel like I was I was there. Thank God for FaceTime. FaceTime's been great. Yeah. I want to go back to the the Brett Kern from Toledo meets his future wife. Here's the sales pitch: I love you, honey, and what I want to do. I got to tell your dad, I want to be a punter in the NFL. So I wonder how the sales pitch went, because clearly your wife is the MVP what, of your well, life. That wasn't that wasn't the sales pitch. What was the sales pitch? Um, we met on a intramural softball field, and I just uh, I knew right away that I was like I, I needed to hang around her a lot more. <laughs> uh, we dated. I actually bought a ring three months into dating, uh, just because I knew that like this this is the girl I want to be with for the rest of my life. So uh, at the time when we met, she thought I was going to be a weatherman. Uh, wow! Because so, I love I love weather. I you love have great hair for it too. You're a TV personality <laughs> in the making, no doubt about it. I'm jealous. <laughs> love Look me out, Adam. Love you, you can always you can always be a weatherman after you retire. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, yeah, we we started dating, and then uh, kind of in the middle, end of my junior year, uh, and I had a pretty good season. But then my senior year really kind of took off. Had a really good year. Uh, went down to Orlando for the uh, the Ray guy, the uh, the ESPN award show stuff. And uh, that was a cool experience. And I remember having a conversation with her, like, do you really think this is going to happen? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard for punters to get in the league. You have to be in the right place, right team. Uh, you know, because the turnover for punters every year is, what, maybe two or three? So you just got to be fortunate enough to be on one of those teams that needs a punter. And then you got to beat out whoever's you're competing against. And did, what did Dad say? What did her dad say? Oh, he was cool. Okay. Yeah, I took, him to, I took him to his favorite restaurant and I said, "Look, I want to marry your daughter." He's like, "Cool, you Go got ahead. it." I think he said, "Get her out of my in the next, my wallet." In the next segment, I want to talk about uh, the punter and the punt returner uh, a little bit. But I also want to talk about clearly a bomb cyclone. I mean, we just went through it. You, you, you have to tell us what a bomb cyclone is and why the entire country this last week, Brett, was under this incredible um, frigid conditions and what the heck is a bomb cyclone. Do you know what it is? I, obviously, it gets really, really cold. <laughs> he, he said that, he wanted to be a weatherman. He didn't say he was a weatherman. I know, but, I know he really li- but you also said he really liked weather. I thought maybe you were like studying it on the side. Well, High I, pressure, I'm, low pressure, they come together. Well, no, she was just saying he had to look for it. Barometric pressure drops. <laughs> I know what a bomb's like. Barometric pressure drops. 
And you get this, this crazy. So this is a trick question. I know. You set me up. I'm st- I'm st- <laughs> He's I'm st- just trying to show everybody how much he knows. I want to be a, be a meteorologist. Now, uh, who wouldn't want to be a meteorologist? You get it wrong half the time, and they still think you're great. You sound like Howard Eskin. No. <laughs> you're spending too much time with the king. It's true. <laughs> Back I, to you, Chris. I, I'm, I'm still I'm still stuck on the fact. I'm I'm, I'm laughing because you're like, oh yeah, about your about your father-in-law. Yeah, he's cool. You wonder why? Because he's probably listening right now. He downloaded the iHeartRadio app. He's probably listening to Could it. Could be. He's listening yeah, to it just be. like your wife. Is. You never know. Right now, uh, Slash has a question for you, real quick. Before we yeah, go to before break. we go to break, I mean, we talked about you know transitioning from you know being in uh, on the Titans to the Eagles, but just I know you have only been here a short time, but what are you noticing the biggest um, differences besides like being away from your family, just the atmosphere of, of uh, Nashville to Philadelphia? Because it's got to be quite the transition. Yeah, Nashville's. Uh, it's just got a lot of different people. You got a lot of country music people down there and all that kind of stuff. Bachelor and parties, bachelorette parties, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and so it's a it's a great city, great place to raise your family. Uh, but you come up here and it's you could tell. I, I've had a couple encounters already where I was shocked that people. Oh, hey, you're the Eagles' new punter. I'm like, what, how how did you? Oh, they know. How did you know this? And and so then I had a conversation with David Akers, and he said, this is what it's going to be. The people love their football, and I already knew that from. Playing here, knowing guys that I've played with that have played here, I already know this is a football town, and people absolutely love their their Eagles here. And so, um, to be able to come up into this environment, uh, especially with how the team's playing, is uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to head to our second break here. We have one more segment with Eagles punter Brett Kern right on the other side. But make sure this football season you don't hang out alone in the man cave for football this season. Try hanging out at cheerleaders with sexy entertainers, $4 Miller Lights, Jameson specials, and awesome game day prizes during all Sunday and Monday football games. That's right. Stop in before, during, or after the game, not only to see your favorite entertainers, but also your chance to win an awesome game day prize. The most epic game day experience is at Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club, where champions play. Cheerleaders is open daily from noon until 2 a.m. Coming up in our final segment, one last time we get to speak with Eagles punter Brett Kern, and we're going to dive a little bit more into what happened in Dallas and what's upcoming with the New Orleans Saints this Sunday at 1 p.m. at Lincoln Financial Field. Right here on 102.5 Fox Sports The Gambler, this is the Green Legion Radio Player Show. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. Final segment, first hour here on the Green Legion Radio Player Show on 102.5 Fox Sports The Gambler, FM, Philadelphia, and iHeart Radio Station. Coming to you live from Philly Live Casino here in South Philadelphia. This is the place to be, not just during football season, but for any type of season throughout the course of the year. It's a blast down here. You guys got to come down. We have Eagles punter. Brett Kern with us here this evening, signing autographs, about to take photos with the, with the fans down here. Um, and then when you're done that, you get to go. You, not you, Brett. Good, you, no. you can't do it. Good, good, good night at the tables. It's crowded down here. Yeah, I, th- I think that, I People think are spending what, all their Christmas money. That's what Spuds yeah. does in between breaks, you know. He's, the Just roulette, walk around. The, re- the roulette table's right behind us. So, <laughs> but, uh, but it's also the place to be because there's upcoming entertainment. Uh, that you guys want to be a part of. Uh, party with Dorinda on New Year's Eve, which is this Saturday, December 31st. Dorinda Medley from The Real Housewives of New York City. 
That sounds like somebody else's kind of party, not mine. The Best of the <laughs> Eagles, a Friday, January 20th, which That's is the Eagles tribute band. And Bobby Collins on Saturday, February 18th who is a comedian. Again, that's somebody else's bag. Right Zach, there. I'll be here you Sunday. You like I'll be here doing Sunday doing the game right here on I the stage. I do like to laugh. Do, you're going to be here this Sunday? Doing the game live, Awesome. Yes. And we plan on being here every Tuesday night from 8 to 10 with a current member of the Philadelphia Eagles through mid-February. You see what I did there? I hear that. You see what I did yeah. there? Yeah. Because we All have, the we have big plans in Philadelphia, and I know Spuds has some questions. Yeah, I want to get, I wanna get into Brett. You, you started asking, you asked Brett about Sunday and playing at Lincoln Financial yep. Field. It is the New Orleans Saints coming to town. Uh, Brett, they are known to be a very aggressive group going after the punter, right? Rizzy is... Rizzy. Oh, yeah. What, so what, what, what do they do? What are they so successful? What are they really good at? And what can we watch... Um, on Sunday, when you're back there, maybe you won't be back there like you were on Saturday. Eagles offense was on the field all game. Um, had, a, had a killer warm-up, though. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he even break a sweat? I did, actually. Yeah, warm-up. I, I got after it. I saw the highlights on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> what do they do so well? Uh, I mean, Rizzy just, uh, you know, he, he does some odd formations. Uh, he's one of the very few guys that will overload. Six guys on one side, two on the other, you know, for an eight-man rush, uh, twist. Uh, he just he makes it uh, uncomfortable. Uh, he's just one of those guys that um, always uh, – you, you, just, you just have to be prepared for, for what he's going to bring because um, it's, it's different and uh, goes after uh, – you know, if you've if you got two guys to block one area, he's going to bring three uh, and just makes it, uh, you know, challenging as far as, as, far as protection. Brett, at what point in your career did you just um, feel like you'd seen it all and nothing was going to fluster you? And may- maybe that's just the way you were when you were young. How do you kind of learn not to be you know, a little tense when you're backed up in the end zone or when you know they're coming for an all-out block? Like, kind of, like, How did you develop that kind of that, that armor, that, that cool, that calm? Um, honestly, I felt like probably year 10... Wow, uh, and that was that was the moment where I'd played in every NFL stadium, and so for me, having every NFL stadium on film, I could go back and look and watch how I performed in every. What was the last in one? Every stadium. Uh, the last one was Washington, which is a dump, dump. Yes. So, 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 yeah. so what is your what? Tell the people who are listening. Uh, what your mindset is when you're standing back, ready to receive the ball from the center. What, what, is, what are you exactly trying to do? What is your goal as a punter? You hear people talk about, you know, he outkicked his coverage. You hear that a lot. That's a, that's a good thing when it's a, a, someone's talking to a guy about his wife. But it's a bad thing when, <laughs> when, when, there's, when, there's, when there's a punter and, you know, you've outkicked your coverage. What exactly is that? And then what, what are you thinking about back there when you're ready to receive the ball? And you're actually getting ready to punt it. What is your goal? Uh, for me, honestly, I go back there and I pick out. Uh, if I could put it in as an example, it's uh, if you have 60, 70 yards left and you're in the middle of the fairway and you're trying to put it within 10 feet. Okay. So for me, I go out there, uh, I find my target. Um, and you do directional kicking. Directional kicking. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, I get extremely upset if I put it in the middle. In the middle. Uh, even in the alley, I, it's I get upset if I put it in the alley. Um, and so for me, I just go out there and I, I pick a target downfield, and uh, so then I just I just walk to that target and keep everything my form, uh, you know, the same everything that you've been working on over and over and over and over, uh, and just 
go to my target, keep everything square to it, and then you know hit a good ball. It should go a little bit right of my target, uh, just because I'm a righty, the spin on it, and then left is a little bit different um, as far as that. But you still go out there, you pick a target. Uh, you know, for me, a good putt is when I put it to exactly where I want it. Like 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 a golf swing. You are a uh, one handicap golfer. I'm going to pick your brain right now. Uh, I'm I'm work I'm working on my game. Okay. Um, but the last thing I'm I'm really trying to develop is being able to hit the ball first and ground the club in mm-hmm. front of the ball. Give me give me a good drill that's going to help me improve that because that makes you a better ball striker. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen a couple. Um, I've, I've done one uh, in a bunker where you're actually not even hitting the ball, but you um, you draw a line and you want to make sure you want to hit in front of that line. Okay. And so when it hits the sand, you can see where your impact was, right? You can mm-hmm. see if you're an inch behind it, inch in front, you know, pro pro styles, inch or two in front, you right. know, where the divot is and, and all that kind of stuff. So I've seen that, and I've also seen people, uh, you know, they'll put down some tees in the ground, you know, with the ball, and you want to make sure, you want to try to hit those tees that in are front out, of the ball. out in front I've, I've done that before. I've also put, let me know if this is right or not, or good or bad, I put a towel down behind the ball, about six or seven inches behind the ball, and try not to hit the towel, and yeah. that way hit the ball first. There's, I mean, there's so many... Uh, YouTube videos right. and, and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I just remember I, I played in a tournament and uh, Jack Nicholas was he was there and uh, he was showing guys that uh, in the bunker okay. as far as that and I was like you know what if he's if he's teaching the guys how to do it I should probably go try that myself. I don't so. like the bunkers. I don't want to go in a bunker. <laughs> See, I love I love golf talk on the Green Legion Radio Player Show because <laughs> people Herb, are listening right now. I, I know, but, but Herb, I'm, I'm taking yeah. mental notes Herb, myself. Herb, over here. Herb's rocking the hat like Chubbs Peterson, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the tour pro and Happy Gilmore. Right. Right. It's, it's all in the hips. All happy. Hips. It's all in the all hips. In the hips. <laughs> Yeah, but he, good, he, he did that. He did that one in the bunker just because he was like, now out of respect for the greenskeeper, you know, I don't want to be making all that, right, right, you know, tearing up all, all the grass. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I would just, you know, hit, hit four or five, and then I just re-rake it and do the drill over again. And well, I don't, I don't want to break up your golf. This vacation. is good stuff. No, this is good stuff here. Segway back. You may to not appreciate here. it, Spuds, but this is good stuff. No, I mean, I, I, I do. Are I you a golfer? It. I make, I, make, I am. I make all my analogies to golf. You know, I, yeah, I get, I totally, and, and the best. Golfers on a football team are always the quarterback and the kickers. The kickers. I was yeah. going to say that. And I think it's because they have the most time, 100%. but they're also, there's also a coordination there that it's impressive. It's all uh, in the hips. It's all in the hips. All in the hips. All in the hips. I, I, how, much does a, how much does a punter, Brett, study a punt returner? Irving, how much does a punt returner study the punter the week of the game? And what are you studying? You first. Okay. Um... I, probably, I look at the returner more or less in plus 50s uh, just to kind of see what ball he's comfortable with, what ball he might not be comfortable with, what balls he uh, calls Peter or poison, you know, get away, get away. Um, does he like to catch the ball, you know, when there's guys around him, you know, can like Sproles, can you make somebody miss in a phone booth? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I look, look at the returner a little bit, but then I also know that if I hit my punt, um, you know, hopefully that'll eliminate the return, you know, completely. So, but yeah, there's there's definitely some things that you you look at just to see, um, you know, what what makes somebody uncomfortable back there. And and that you know we look at how he kicks the ball, what kind of spin is on the ball. Obviously, he's a right footed kicker. The ball is going to spin one way if he's a left footed kicker. Ron Stark was a very 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 good kicker. Uh, and you get more right-footed kickers than you do left-footed kickers. Yeah. So when you do come a- against the uh, left-footed kicker, you really have to uh, 
pay attention. I used to try to go out before the game and sneak over and catch oh, a couple that of his guy. balls. He's yeah. that guy. Sneak <laughs> over and catch a couple of his balls. Yeah. But but my my goal first as a punt returner was to make sure I caught the ball, meaning not let the ball hit the ground. Because yeah. you can lose, like you said, your longest punt, punt it rolled 20 yards. It's, you can yeah. lose 20 yards if that ball hits the ground. So my goal first was to make sure I'm in the proper place based on my study of the punter and what his average punt is usually, uh, and make sure I'm in that general vicinity to make sure I can get to that ball. Brett, earlier in the show you talked about your father, and he gave it a shot to kick a, punt, a, a football and wasn't able to make it turn over. Um, I, I, we're on the radio, so it's difficult. Are you able to describe how do you do that? What? You know, yeah, it's, everybody uh, just thinks you just drop back there and you just kick the ball. And yeah, turn over is nose down. It's coming, yes, it's coming yes. down. It looks, like, down. It looks yes. like a, uh, a Hail Mary type pass. Okay. Right. Um, I, don't, I mean, there's physics behind it that I, I, that's way over my head. But uh, I was always told the angle of your foot has to match the angle of the ball for it to turn over. <laughs> that's like that the club. Sense. Right. And what is, is your opinion not, of the... What is your opinion of like the Australian way of kicking, like the uh, the uh, kind of a defective? Yeah, do you do it? Uh, I do have. I mean, I do have the end over end ball. Yep. Um, you know how you hold it is. You can tell the Aussie guys based on how how they hold it, and uh, you know Aaron holds it different than I than how I hold it. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's an effective kick, and and some of the Aussies they have they come over here, and it's honestly they've changed. Um, you know, uh, an aspect of the punting game that has, um, it's become really effective uh, in a way of taking away returners. And so, uh, yeah, it's the way, I don't, it's, hard, it's hard to describe. I don't, you just, I don't know, you just go out there and you kick it. And if it turns over, you did it right. If you, if you didn't, you did something wrong and you, <laughs> you right, figure let, it out. <laughs> let's dream a little bit here. We're February 12th is the Super Bowl. February 12th. Uh, you're, it's, there's, there's a minute and a half left in the game. The Eagles have a, a six-point lead. And you're backed up in the end zone, and we are all on the edge of our seats. Kick the ball, <laughs> knowing that Brett Kern is there. We feel really great that Brett Kern is there. He's gonna he's gonna put this ball where. What's your mindset? What do you, where where do you want it to go? Like I, I know it's a dream, a dream of dreams, but what is going through your mind at that at that as we dream that dream? In I the have Super anxiety so wait, listening to you ask The Eagles have a six point lead in the Super Bowl. You're backed up in the end zone. Minute and a half left. Minute and a half left in the game. What's going through your mind? Kick the damn ball! Uh, pick out, pick out my target on the sideline and put it OB. Do you think your your heart's beating out of your chest at that point? Yeah, probably. Do you dream about that stuff? Do you dream about have, those great moments? I have, I have had dreams like that. I've also had dreams where I've forgotten my cleats. <laughs> uh, I have those same, I have I those it. same dreams. I'm late for a game. Yeah, late yeah, for a game. Late for a game. Um, I forgot my cleats. Yep. These are more nightmares now that I think about yeah, it. Not, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's cold third, sweat. It's third down, and I have to tie my shoelace, and my shoelace breaks. <laughs> uh, I've had that one before. Um, but yeah, I, I have had dreams where, you know, I've had a huge, uh, whether it's a hold and someone's made a game-winning kick. Uh, you know, I've had one. Um, you know, where the ball's on like the 45. I actually remember this was like two years ago. And it was actually, it was closer to the, the Titans when uh, the AFC Championship game. It was that it was that week I had one where we were in the Super Bowl and uh, ball was on the 45 and I put it out at the two and it, the next play was a pick six and we won the game. Uh, uh, was that Brady? That was, the, that was against the, the Patriots, right? I think that was... No, this is just a random. I don't even know who we were playing against. Yeah, but I think that was his last pass. 
as a Patriot was a pick six. No, but that, it was a dream. It was a dream. 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 Okay. Dream. Yeah. 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 But it, it kind of did happen in yeah, reality. Yeah, it kind of did. Yeah. Uh, that was great. That, that's that was deja pretty, vu, Brett. That's deja vu. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's I've had some really great dreams, and I've had some football nightmares. nightmares. That, yeah, it's, I'm glad I'm not the only one that's experienced I think that. we all experienced that. I'm going to have a nightmare tonight after hearing that. But I, I, but to be honest with you, I really hope that you get to live out that dream with the Philadelphia Eagles come February 12th. Yeah. Because what we what we witnessed five years ago when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and we had that parade down Broad Street, that is the ultimate goal as a sports fan and as a sport, as a franchise as a player. Yep. And you know, at, at your age, at this point in your career, uh, wish nothing but the best for you. All the health in the world. And we hope that it does end on Broad Street come mid-February. He's going to kick for seven more years. No doubt about it. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just, that's why I said at the beginning of the show, you know. It's it, it, it's great that you have this opportunity. Um, and it, so happy to have you here on Green Legion Radio. Yes, thank you show. so much. Thank I you so much it. for joining thank us. You, Brett. Brett. Yep. Eagles punter awesome. Brett Kern. Thanks, Brett. That was awesome. Yes, thank you. sir. And uh, we're going to go to break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what happened Sunday or this past Saturday on Christmas Eve in Dallas. And we're going to dive into what we can expect this upcoming Sunday. What's the injury report? Spuds has it for us. Right here on 102.5 Fox Sports, The Gambler, Green Legion Radio, The Players Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. Green Legion Radio, Players Show, second and final hour here on this Tuesday evening. Right here at Philly Live Casino and Hotel in South Philadelphia, where you guys want to come down and check us out. New members play $500 on us. Sign up for a live rewards card at the live rewards desk as a new member, and we will rebate your losses on your first trip up to $500. Must be 21 or older. Visit livecasinophilly.com for details and park for free on game days. Gold card members and above receive free parking on Eagle game days. Classic card members can be reimbursed in free slot play for the parking fee. All right. We had Eagles punter Brett Kern on with us. Great guest. What an awesome hour we had with him. Uh, we didn't dive into uh, much on Quimby's run sheet that he provided us, but you know, I figured we could have a little bit more fun than talking about his ten punts for 594 yards that he had. You, you know what? You know what? The career. You know what? The, you know how? You, you know, blah, 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 blah. Get it right. Buddy, <laughs> Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan had this funny joke. Do you know how to define the career of a punter? It's up and down. Uh, <laughs> uh, that sounds like an elevator uh, person joke. Pretty too. much, yeah. <laughs> What do they call those people? You, you, did you really have to say that? That was a Buddy Ryan. Did you really have to say that? That was a Buddy Ryan joke. I said that to one of the special teams coaches, and he howled with laughter. He did? Howled with laughter. It's like wow. the humor. He goes, that's good. Question. He goes, I'm, I'm going to use that. Yeah, he probably oh, really? uses it in every special teams meeting yeah. from here yeah. on. How, how did I play? It was up and down. Up and down. <laughs> you know what's not up and down? The injury report with Dave Spadaro. Spuds, what do we got? Yeah, I mean, still, it's really a wait and see. Jalen Hurts is day-to-day, and, and the Eagles will have a walkthrough practice tomorrow. And we'll see if he gets out there and throws it around. I mean, I think it's it's still very 50-50 um, whether Jalen plays. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is eligible to come off the, pra- uh, the injured reserve, and his 21-day window for practice would then open. And there's really no indication if that's going to happen um, after that lacerated kidney. And that's something where you have to go in and you have to really examine it and then it gets cleared, and then you have to get back into football shape. So Now, Zach Ertz had that injury the one year, right? Or yeah, is that 2019? Varying degrees of laceration and internal damage. 
And, uh, yeah, it was 20. He missed one week. Or I think it was the end of 2019. I think he missed the playoffs because... Uh, no, Carson, he came back. Did he come back for yeah, the playoffs? Yeah, he came back. Okay. Yeah. So, hope... you know, uh, That's right, all, yeah, the Seattle game. We all hope CJ can come back, at, at least for the playoffs. I don't I don't know anything more than that. And then we are, we are looking at long-term injury recoveries with Lane Johnson and Avante Maddox. And they're not going to play this week and probably not going to play next week. And hopefully the Eagles get a bye week and hopefully... Three weeks from now, they're on the field. What's your thought here, Dave? I mean, we, we kind of elaborated on it uh, the other day on the pregame show with Irv, myself, and Quimby. Uh, we had Sam you know, chime in as well. I'm sure she's going to want to uh, get involved in it. Here she comes. Speak of the devil. Hopping around. Go away. Yes. Uh, Prancing about. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Cottontail hopping down the bunny trail. Uh, so she was saying the other day that no matter what happened this past Saturday, she wants to see Jalen play. For ten minutes, a quarter, a half, like no, nah, right. <laughs> we said the same thing, but knowing that you have to win one of these last two games, if Jalen is, what level of percentage would you play him at this upcoming Sunday against the Saints? Oh, only if he's cleared to play. It's not a percentage. It's only if he's cleared to play and if he's healthy. This comes down to the doctors. This is not. It comes down one hundred percent to the doctor. Jalen will push to play. Jalen will. Uh, cajole to play. Jalen will, uh, he'll try to coerce. He'll do everything. He'll, he'll, he'll grandstand to play. But it comes down to what the doctor says. And if the doctor says he's clear, and if he can go out on the field and on the practice field and demonstrate that he can play at a high level, and that the injury is not something that could be further damaged and and increased in damage and and jeopardize the rest of his season. If he can demonstrate that, then he'll play. If he cannot, then he will not play. And that, it's really that simple. It's not like, hey, the Eagles need to win this game. Let's throw Jalen Hurts out there. I mean, Gardner Minshew threw for 355 yards. I mean, the offense moved the ball up and down the field. They turned the ball over too much. But I don't really think that the, the drop-off was incredibly significant. The Eagles have a lot of faith in Gardner. And I, you know, unless Jalen can demonstrate that he is cleared and medically cleared and that he can go on the field and play, he will not play on Sunday. So you don't believe in putting him in shrink wrap no matter what? If he's cleared to play... He plays. He, this he plays. Yes. Now, if they, if they I clinch, agree with if, you. If the team clinches and he's not playing the final week. Oh, definitely not. No, no. De- definitely not. Well, but, but Slash, there's a lot of people who are like, well, he, then he's going to be out for four weeks and he won't... Well, you get a, you, your responsibility then is to get him ready in practice and to yeah, replicate... Right, right. Game speed, even though you can't replicate game speed in practice, to do it to, to come as close to that as possible. I, I think Gardner Minshew did a great job uh, this past weekend. Um, he threw for 355 yards, like like you said, and even the turnovers that he was involved with, specifically the interceptions. Yeah, they were they were his. Tell me they about were, what would you, you think of them? What you think of them? Here's here's what I think, and I'm right. Um, <laughs> here's what you know. Here, here's what I know. This is what role he played in those interceptions. And I'm talking about the two passes to Quez, and I'll get to the uh, handoff in a minute to, to Boston Scott. But the two passes, he, he soft. He threw those passes soft. You can't, and they're slant routes. That ball's in the middle of the field. You can't soft the balls in there. You can't finesse those kind of passes. They have to have a little more zip on those balls 
Therefore, they get there just a little bit quicker, even though it's just a millisecond quicker, that makes a difference. Yes, Quez needs to do a better job of muscling that ball. Yes, Quez needs to do a better job of flattening his route. But it, but it fell, the blame fell, falls on both of them. The ball was, was thrown a little bit softer than it needs to be in a, on a slant route when it's in the middle like that. And then Quez needs to do a better job of, of swelling up and being a little tougher in there. All right, so let's talk about Quez because Quez is getting a lot of heat for it from fans. And I wonder your perspective, like, what, well, the, the can, first, what is the teaching point on this? And is it, is it just a matter of getting in the weight room and, or is it a technique thing? No, it's a, it's, he needs to flatten the route. So the, so the uh, defensive back there creates a little more space between him and defensive back. And the angle is harder for the back defensive back to get to the ball. The first interception, I don't know how that wasn't pass interference. He ran right through him. Yeah, it was. Yeah. How do you jump over a guy to get to the ball without interfering with him? So I thought I that mean, was a pass. His body contacted yes. his before the ball yes. got there too. Yes, but the second one, uh, Quez just needs to flatten that route a little bit more. But also, again, the ball needs to be there with a little more zip on it. Um, the handoff to Boston Scott now. Boston's a little bit shorter. I was surprised that was put on Gardner. If, if I'm being honest, I thought that was more on Boston when I saw on replay. Again, it's both. The ball was high in his chest. If you if you go back and watch it again, the ball was high. He's used to handing the ball more, more so to Miles Sanders. Can't get Sanders, too high on Boston Scott. Right. He's used to handing the ball to Miles Sanders more so than Boston Scott. Boston's probably a few inches shorter than Miles Sanders, so the ball got a little bit high on him. It falls on both of their hands. Irv, I, I want your opinion on this. Uh, we talked about this during the pregame show the other day. And, uh, you know, obviously my answer was never. But Quimby decided to go into like seven or eight different levels of how close it came. And some of them were with running backs and tight ends. But let's not dive down that, back that road. Okay. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown become the first set of Eagles wide receivers to go over 1,000 yards in a season in franchise history. Uh, the game that uh, I know AJ put up his numbers. The game that Devontae Smith had. I, I got some incredibly that, that special. Catch, incredibly that special. catch that he made on the sidelines. Side yep. With, with, on the, the toe, toe tap. Touch, oh. The toe tap, and then the two catches that he made on the last drive to keep the drive alive. That one he made. Right, you know, they got them down. To, was it twenty within twenty yard line? Yeah, he jumped up. You know, and if he didn't catch that the ball, ball, it was going to get probably picked. intercepted. Yeah, that's the right. safety was. Uh, was just shout out to the, shout out to that fourth down play to Devontae in the end zone. Oh that was yeah, just a brilliant oh, yeah. play there. Brilliant play call, brilliant design. Devontae is a grown man. He's a grown man, and uh, he has great body control. He's going to be a great player uh, in this league for a long time. Irv, I think there were questions when Devontae came out of the draft about his size. Right, yes. Uh, I I even questioned that. What do you see from him? He doesn't seem to get hit. Um, He doesn't seem to get jammed. The press doesn't doesn't work on it. Like, why is he so able to get off the line of scrimmage, get into his routes, and fight guys off? Well, he he wins the hand-to-hand combat. You've heard the saying, it's not the size of the dog in the fight is the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah. And uh, he's got a lot of fight in him. Um, he's he's mentally tough as well as physically tough because he's, his stature is not real big. He's not real heavy. He's not real stout. But he's strong. And he's stronger than, than he looks. And he's able to play against guys who are bigger and stronger than him because he has great body control. He knows what he's doing at all times on that field. And he's durable, and he's he's consistent. He's tough. He's tough. And he's, he's tough. so tough. He's tough and fearless. Like yeah. I said uh, a few weeks ago, that Giants, the Giants game, game, the fourth when, and seven, when that when that uh, when that safety was coming over and missed him, he olayed him. 
Devontae saw him. He knew he was coming. You know somebody's coming. You can see them out of the corner of your eye. He focused on that ball, didn't flinch. We have seen the Eagles with A.J. and Devontae. And I think kind of people wondered, you know, how would it work before the season? Would there be jealousy? Would there be enough footballs to go around? There obviously has been. Irv, how much of a difference does it make for both of them that the other guy is on the other side of the field in terms of what coverage they're seeing, opportunities they're given, and the numbers that they put up are really outstanding. It makes it easier when they're, they're both too viable. They're both both two starters. They're both two of the best receivers in the league. And when you have someone like that on the other side of you, knowing that the defense has to pay attention to that cat. Uh, was it Diggs is his name? He went everywhere that A.J. Brown was on the field. Right side, left side. He followed him all day long. That left Devontae with the second best corner, which was a big drop off because their second best corner wasn't starting. Man, they had he was hurt. He had a bunch of injuries. So that opened it up for him. And Devontae should have been the happiest player on the team when the, when the, the trade went on for A.J. Brown. And A.J. still lit it up too. A.J. had. Oh, he's unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, Diggs didn't do a thing with him. He, he's, he's, he's a physical player. It doesn't matter if you put your number one corner on him. He's faced the number one corners on every team that they played this year, and he still put over a thousand yards. We, we, we talked about this. Board. We talked about this the other day, too. Trayvon Diggs is not a great cover corner. He's more of a big play cornerback. He wants to go and get the ball. You can pick him apart when you have his back turned to you. Well, that's what happened on that first drive. Yeah, that first they drive. They set him up with yep. a slant from the left side, went to the right side, yeah. did a slant and go, and he jumped all over it. Big play. Yeah, I mean, that that trade, I mean, we, we all knew it. I mean, Irv, we did, and, and Slash and Sam, we, we did the show during the draft. Right. And when when we knew that we traded out and we were getting A.J. Brown, that's a game changer. It yep. makes everybody's life so much easier. It makes Jalen's life easier, Devontae Smith's job, his job easier, Dallas Goddard, his job easier. Gardner Minshew made his job yeah. easier. But when, when, those two, when those two have the ability that they do on the outside, and, you know, one of them's going to get single coverage. The other one's probably going to have a safety over the top protecting that, that cornerback. Uh, but that leaves Dallas Goddard one-on-one with a, with a, with a probably you know, the, the second safety or, or a linebacker. And that's a mismatch all day. And that's something that we didn't exploit the other day, specifically in the second half with the return of Dallas Goddard. Didn't everybody's heart stop when A.J. got hit in the knee and he's down on the field? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. Yep. <sighs> Who cares about winning the game? Just get up, AJ. Just get up. Felt like an hour he was on the ground. Yeah, he's. Both of them are just truly special. I think we we've seen it throughout the course of the season too. I mean, how how they've gravitated towards one another. Uh, you know, the Batman's, the swole Batman, the skinny Batman, right. the, uh, the the fast Batman, and then you got the fat Batman and Jason Kelsey, uh, <laughs> which is great. And that makes it it makes a difference. Um, people don't know how much of a difference it makes. When you have teammates that care about one another, when you become a family, you heard Brett talking about it. It's a family. These guys play together. They care about one another. They probably spend time off the football field with one another, and that makes a difference. Though people may not think it does, it makes a big difference in how a team is successful or how a team is not successful. Now, I I know, I don't know how all of you guys reacted. I know Slash and I had already been talking about it at the beginning of the show off air. Uh, the third and 30. Uh, I, I think every expletive in my whole entire vocabulary was, was said within like split seconds of that. Um, that was a game changer to me. I, it, to me, like not getting that stop is what changed the trajectory of the game. Dave, I, I know we, I know 
Coach Sirianni has spoken about this, and I think Jonathan Gannon talked about it today. Uh, why don't you divulge well, a little bit of information that's coming out about it? The whole sequence was crazy, okay? The strip sack from Hassan Reddick, ball is loose, officials are signaling Eagles ball, and I mean, they give it back to I'm Dallas. going crazy in the press box. <laughs> like We're all ce- celebrating. And then I looked down on the field, and the Cowboys are lining up on offense. And I, there was really no explanation as to how Dallas retained possession Does there. it take you back to that Dallas game, the Dallas Eagles game? What was that, 2018, where they said that we didn't gain possession of the ball? Remember, yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was on a, a, like a muff punt. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was really bizarre. Like, I don't know how. Well, the ball, got, the ball got ripped yeah. away yeah. underneath the pile. Right, That's but how did, they get, but how did that ball. change from Eagles ball? To Dallas, but anyway, home field advantage, and then and then and then <laughs> Sweat has the sack. So you're third and thirty. You're thinking great things. I will say that I give a lot of credit to the throw was great. Hilton made a great play. Josiah Scott's supposed to be there in on the over the top in the coverage, and he didn't get there in time, and he didn't make the play. And um, yeah, it was a backbreaker, and it was a it was a lack of communication. Both players both slay. slay yeah. And Scott talked about it. Now, Slay's responsibility is like the curl route and the, kind of the underneath stuff. So it looks like he's trailing on the play. And he is because the coverage is that Scott is supposed to be over the top. Mm-hmm. Scott didn't get there. And and a back-breaking play. Obviously, if the Eagles had gotten the football there, I, I believe they would have won the game. Up a touchdown. Eight minutes left in the game. Offense unstoppable. Move the football. Take a few minutes off the clock. Maybe score some points. So it was a it was a big play that the Eagles have not given up much of this year. Jonathan Gannon took responsibility for it as every good coach does, but there was certainly a player culpability and accountability there. They did not execute the call. Slay 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 to me the last maybe 3 weeks has kind of looked a little bit off. Like, his, like not quite on his game. He, even in the earlier in the game, his last interception was October sixteenth. I right. know they're hard to get. In the second quarter, uh, the uh, Dallas Cowboys. It was. It was. Uh, I believe it was. Let me see. It was fourth and long, and uh, there was a pass interference call on Slay. They gave him the first down, kept the drive going. Which and was a weird call. Was a weird call. Yeah, because he ran into. He Slay. ran into him. But then, then there was another pass. Gallup called another pass right after that on Slay, and then. There was the touchdown by C.D. Lamb that Slay blew the coverage on that play. That was him. It was supposed to be a three deep. C.D. was he, he blew the coverage. He let C.D. run right by him. So he's been. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if if there's some miscommunication going on. If he's not getting the call, but the last three weeks he's looked a little bit not like Slay, the big playmaker. I'm going to save this question for after break because uh, I, I really want to know the answer to this. and it, I, I'm pretty sure you guys picked this up as well um, about C.D. Lamb. And we're going to get to that on the other side when we come back. But first, let's talk about our friends at Echelon Health and Fitness located in Voorhees, New Jersey. Voted best gym in South Jersey five years in a row. Membership starting at $8.99 per month. Family and locally owned indoor track, newest cardio and strength training equipment. Three studios, indoor pool, whirlpool, 
pool and dry sauna, kids club, over 100 group fitness and thrive personal training sessions per week, including but not limited to Les Mills, Body Pumping Grit, Boot Camp, Barre. That's bar? That's bar. <laughs> it's not spelled like bar. I'm used to the B-A-R bar. Uh, yoga, Zumba, Spin, Hot Bar and Yoga, Aqua Conditioning, Aqua Dance, Matt Pilates, and soon, um, in early 2023, they'll be opening up another location in Audubon, New Jersey. Call them at 856-454-2976 for a free 30-day all-access pass or go to echelonhf.com. Again, that phone number is 856-454-2976 or go to echelonhf.com. Coming up on the other side, I want your guys' take on C.D. Lamb. You started to eat. Once Avante Maddox went out of the game. Right here on 102.5 Fox Sports The Gambler. This is Green Legion Radio Players Show. We'll be right back right after this. Green Legion Radio, the player show, and little drummer boy Dave Spadaro, host of your Eagles Insider Podcast with that sweet lip zipper. Here on 102.5 Fox Sports The Gambler, we are live at Philly Live Casino and Hotel in South Philadelphia, where you want to make sure you hang out with us every Tuesday from 8 to 10, as I stated with Brett Kern earlier, Eagles punter. We plan on being here until mid-February, so get used to it. Uh, Monday, Monday mug nights, every Monday at Sports and Social, $7 beer mugs, $6 cocktails, Taco Tuesdays, which means you can come get some tacos every Tuesday at Sports and Social before the show, taco specials and margarita flight specials, and with the UFC, FanDuel Sportsbook and Sports and Social brings the ultimate fight night viewing to you. Don't miss a moment of the action of upcoming UFC fights on our 24 TVs and 52 foot big screen TV. Uh, we're already past UFC 282, but UFC 283 on Saturday, January 21st will be here. Make sure you hang out with us. Visit SportsSocialPhilly.com for all upcoming events. I teased it before we went into break, gentlemen and ladies, because um, you know, Sam right now, uh, she decides to so- it's social hour right now. <laughs> Let's get Lauren up here to talk about C.D. Lamb. I don't know. She has some observations. I don't think Richard gave her good good advice the last time that she came on. She's a, she's a little hesitant, but I did invite her to come up to the mic if she so. Maybe we can fit in some hockey talk in the last second. Lauren, does that sound good to you? But Lauren's not paying. It. She's not paying any attention. Lauren, <laughs> where's what's she doing? Ah, the meatloaf. All right, so guys, I, I was bringing this up. C.D. Lamb, he went off, and he went off when Avante Maddox went off the field. They moved him over to the slot. He took advantage of Josiah Scott. I, I'm sitting here. Listen, the, the, the big money is tied in the two cornerbacks on the outside, and I know that's where they preferred to play. You mean to tell me that one of them can't move into the slot and play in place of CD uh, on the other side of CD Lamb? I, I think James Bradbury's had some experience playing in the slot previously, Irv. I mean, is this something that they are capable of doing? I mean, if Josiah Scott can't play on the outside against the you know whatever outside corner that they're lining up against. I mean, put Zach McPherson out there. It's what John Gruden would do with me when I was here in Philadelphia. He would move me around. I said this last year, uh, not last year, last week, about um, C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb has the most yards and has the most touchdowns in the NFL of any receiver when he's in motion. And that's what they do. That's what Dallas does. They move him around. And when they move him around... Then they get they create mismatches, so he ends up 
not being covered by a defensive back, but he's actually being covered by a linebacker. Sometimes he's covered by a safety in terms of a, in, instead of a corner, and that's how he creates the separation. That's how they get him open so easily because the Eagles are playing in the zone. They're not playing a lot of man. They're playing somewhat of a shell, and there's a bunch of holes in the middle of the field, and that's where C.D. Lamb makes his living. Now, there were a couple of times I went back and I watched the game again today where uh, T.J. Edwards was uh, trying to do his best in the pass defense. He struggles in the pass defense. Uh, and even when they switch it around and have Kaiser White come over and cover, whether it's a tight end or whether it's that third wide receiver, when Kaiser obviously goes up, the defense pass defense increases and gets better when Kaiser White is doing that. But then now T.J. Edwards has to cover that back. In this case, it was Tony Pollard coming out of the backfield, and he struggles. He struggles in Especially the open. Especially with Pollard and his speed. Right. He struggles in the open. So that's what was going on. Listen. C.D. Lamb, they should have game planned for C.D. Lamb. Just the same way Diggs followed A.J. Brown around, C.D. Lamb is the most targeted player or receiver on the Dallas Cowboys in the receiving core. So that was easy for us to figure out. I don't know why we did not do something different to shut him down, throw somebody on him to follow him around. But obviously he was making his he was making his money in the middle of the field. I think it'll be interesting. And Jonathan Gannon talked about today learning lessons, taking you know, losses and, and correcting those calls, some of the calls. And it, if the Cowboys and the Eagles meet again, I, I think something that bears watching is how the Eagles deal with C.D. Lamb. Because 11 targets, 10 catches, 120, two touchdowns, not acceptable. Take him out of the game. The week before against uh, the Jaguars, he, seven targets, seven catches. So, uh, yeah, we have to do a better job of, of game planning to stop C.D. I think I, I would have had, a, if, if Amari Cooper was still on Dallas and they still had that threat of Cooper and Lamb going together, I, if Lamb has that stat line because you're taking Cooper out of the game, you kind of understand it. But the other wide receivers that they have, I mean, Noah Brown, Michael Gallup hasn't been the same over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, they, they just brought in Ty. Yeah, but, but it's not what Gallup was was drafted to do. It's not what Gallup had done earlier in his career. He brought in T.Y. Hilton off the street, burns you on a third and 30. And then Dalton Schultz, I, I didn't see a lot of him uh, the other day. I, I really didn't notice him a lot within their passing game. He caught a nice pass right. on, on T.J. Edwards. But, 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 my, <laughs> but my point is, though, is like you, you know what Lamb is. Is you know he's their go-to guy. It's kind of the way. Well, you, want, you want to make somebody else step right. Up. Right. I, I, I was exactly. Little, I was it's little, what opponents did last year against Devonte before we had AJ Brown. Right. I was a little disappointed in how they allowed him to do what he did, mm-hmm. given the fact that uh, the passing game surrounds Ceedee Lamb. The Dallas passing game. He's the first option. If you wrap up, I'm sorry, Dave. No, I, I, I do want to give credit to Dallas. I mean, they, they had been averaging 38 points a game in the previous three games. So they, they do really have a well-run offense. They are balanced. I thought the Eagles did a good job against the run. I mean, Dallas had 31 carries, like 115 on the ground average, less than four yards a carry. So you can't take everything away. That said, what Jonathan's defense is predicated upon is not giving up the big play. Right. And the Eagles gave up some big plays, gave up third downs, and that's just really it was just really an uncharacteristic game from the Eagles defense. But hat, hats off to the Eagles defense because in that fourth quarter, after those two turnovers that gave Dallas the short field, 
they limited them to two field goals, which gave the Eagles an opportunity to come back and win that game. So the, the defense for the Eagles did step up to the plate and did come through in the latter part of the game when it was more important than any other time. I think we all have the understanding here. Like you said, that Dave, I, I feel like this, this matchup is destined for a third one. I mean, in, in the playoffs. And I know things can happen when things do get to the playoffs, but we all kind of have that feeling that the Eagles are going to win one of these last two. They're going to wrap up the, the NFC East. They're going to wrap up home field advantage. And the home, and the NFC playoffs are going to go through Lincoln Financial Field. And if things kind of go the way that you expect them to go, because the bottom part of the playoff rankings right now don't look that great and Dallas is going to be lined up against the winner of the NFC South which is pretty pathetic um, you know, we've, we've kind of seen how the, the Buccaneers have played and that's who it looks like it's going to be uh, which is funny though because Dallas has never beaten Tom Brady I, I think that might be the time that they do so but, but Dallas would be here for the divisional round um, I'll tell you I don't know if Dallas can do the things that they have been doing I know that you could take the running game and the defense you could take that on the road with you uh, but in a hostile environment, in Lincoln Financial Field, Eagles, Dallas, in the playoffs, here in Philadelphia, uh, that, that that right there is pretty daunting. Uh, cold weather, outdoors, they don't uh, have the elements Stop with like the cold weather it. nonsense. I'll never believe the cold weather again after the Tampa Bay loss at the vet. Yeah. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't even care about Tampa the Tampa Bay's weather. never won a game yeah, in anything 40 degree, 40 yeah, degree? Yeah. Well, I think it was the following year, too, with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're, we're athletes. We play. Yes, we are... We're at a certain level athletically, but we're still human, just like everybody else is human. And the weather does make a difference, particularly when it's really cold. It makes a difference. And if the game starts going bad, it starts getting colder. Mm. And it that, starts getting well, louder. It, it starts both, getting colder. For both teams. Though. I mean, it's not right, like the right, Eagles. It's teams, like yeah. Philadelphia is like Chicago. I mean, they're, they're, the weather is right. going to be 60 degrees on Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kelsey, on New Year's Day. Kelsey talked about that on their podcast. They they talked about how the ball's harder. The ball's the hard. Ball, yeah. yeah, the weather does play a factor. Right, it, it is. It makes a difference. We're human. Yes, we're out there running around, and we you know we we're trying to keep warm from the inside out. And they have the warmers on the sidelines, but they have the warmers on the sidelines because we do feel the cold. Why don't we dive into this upcoming Sunday here? Uh, we have Eagles Saints. Uh, Dave, why don't you talk a little bit about what we can expect from the New Orleans Saints this upcoming Sunday? Because in the last segment, I want to do a little bit around the league. Uh, okay. There's been some things coming up uh, over, over the past week. We have some playoff pushes coming up over the next couple weeks. Uh, I want I want to dive into that. So let's talk a little bit about the Eagles Saints game. Yeah. So the Saints are six and nine. They're still alive, barely, but still alive. Technically, which is, um, I know that everybody's got their eye on the draft pick. The Eagles have the Saints first round draft pick next year. Currently, I think that's ten, 10 yeah. in the first round. Um, they don't score a lot of points. They rely on running the football. They have a quarterback, Andy Dalton, who's not super talented, older guy. Doesn't have a great receiving core. Uh, they've been out without Michael Thomas. Their first-round pick, Chris Olave, has a hamstring problem. I don't think he'll play this week. Uh, they, re- they rely a lot on this kid, Rashid uh, Shaheen, who wasn't drafted really fast. Straight-line speed guy. He's their big play player. Taysom Hill is their tight end. Running back, quarterback, wide receiver. He'll get it. He's Swiss a Army Mr. Knife. Gadget guy. Uh, and then they'll rely on Alvin Kamara, who is a great running back, dual threat receiver, 
Um, but they don't score a lot of points. And I think Jarvis Landry still. I think he's hurt. Is he yeah, hurt? Yeah, I don't think he's going to play. So um, I think they, they, I heard him. I yeah, think, he's oh, IR'd okay. him. Yeah, he, yeah, he's out for the year. So they they, they just they, they beat Cleveland. A nice win in, in cold weather. They they controlled the, the running game, um, and then the defense. Even though they're without a lot of players, where they're without Lattimore and um, so they really they're without one of their linebackers too. I forget his name. Um, they, they're you know they haven't allowed more than 20 points since. Week nine, not a murderer's row of teams they've played against. The Eagles have handled them the last two years. Uh, that was with Jalen Hurts. I don't know if Jalen will play in this game. So, I mean, I expect the Eagles to win the game, but I don't think it's an easy game. And, you know, we, we mentioned with Brett Kern a little bit, they do come after the punter. They are aggressive um, in spe- on special teams, so the Eagles can't give up special teams. But, look, if you avoid turnovers, if you avoid dumb penalties, if you play sound defensively, the Eagles should clinch the number one seed on Sunday. Dave, from what you've noticed uh, being around the Eagles and around the league, um, teams that aren't as good offensively, like the like the New Orleans Saints are, do they tend to take more chances on the on the punt game because they're trying to shorten no, the field a little just, bit? No, that's just that's just what that their coordinator yeah, does. Yeah. And he's really prolific. I mean He's a, a very aggressive go after the punt. Now we all, I think the Eagles had a punt blocked earlier this year, right? Or was it a field goal or was it a punt? It's a it's field, field goal. Field goal. goal. Um, well, also they had the they had the punt blocked. Well, that's right. They had the yeah, punt in, in, against in the Giants, the right? Point. So, so yeah. So I mean, the Eagles have to be really on their p's and q's with their special teams. And no, it's not because they're they're a lesser team. I mean, the Saints didn't go into the season thinking they were going to be a weak team. They made the trade to get at the, the draft pick thinking they were going to be a really good football team with this dynamic offense. Michael Thomas has been hurt most of the last three years. Uh, they really don't use Kamara a lot. They kind of kind of load manage his touches. Alave has been terrific, but he's been injured the last couple of weeks. Their offensive line's a mess. And Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton. But if Jameis Winston's been healthy... Why aren't they playing Jameis Winston instead of Andy Dalton? Because Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. Because Andy Dalton, he doesn't turn the ball over. Like, yeah, Jameis Winston, Winston turns not the, the ball over a ton. <laughs> it, so it just hasn't worked out for New Orleans. And, you know, the post-Sean Payton era is really not off to a great start. Right. I think, uh, and, and I just wanted to ask real quick, one of the biggest matchups I think is going to be uh, Cameron Jordan against Jack whoever Driscoll. plays. Is it going to be Driscoll? Uh, we'll see. I mean, I... We'll see. I don't know if the Eagles will move. I don't know if they'll move Malata. I don't know about that. But regardless of who it is, you have a backup in there. Um, if it's Driscoll, if they do something with Dillard, what yeah. do you what do you think they do there? Uh, like more Jack Stoll over there to chip block? You yeah, have running backs. Yep. And I think look, I, I totally trust Jeff Stoutland. I don't think this is. I mean, the Eagles. Let's all remember the Eagles lost Jason Peters in 2017. Correct. Big, Big, v. Big V started at left tackle. And the Eagles were fine. And you can adjust. It's much easier knowing the week of the game that you're not going to have Lane Johnson. And you can make the adjustments rather than doing it in the middle of the game. And I, I think that's exactly, you mentioned that, I think that's exactly what happened when Maddox went down. It kind of altered what Jonathan Gannon was able to call because he just didn't have the confidence in uh, Josiah Scott to be able to do what Maddox could do. And, and, and doing that on the run... It, it's tough mm-hmm. when, when, when it's in the middle of the game. So now we have a week, or Jonathan Gannon has a week, to work with uh, Josiah Scott, and we won't see as many holes, or shouldn't see the same holes we saw this, this jo- past week. Josiah started like six games this year, so right. it's not like a... Hey, have you ever had turf toe? 
I've had a broken <laughs> toe. Let's talk about Sesmo- the toe. The toe. I've, I've had a broken sesamoid bone underneath my big toe, which is worse hey, than toe toe. Can you get back in a month? A month? From what, turf, what if, if, it's a turf, if it's a turf toe, yes. Because he was in a walking a boot after the yeah. game the other day. In a turf right. toe, yeah. All right. Well, and all I care is getting it back it's a, it's a for jam- the playoffs. A turf toe is a jam toe. It's like you jam your knuckle. I thought it was like a, a torn ligaments in the toe. Uh, turf toe, well... It may be something different, but yeah, Turtle is so like a jam, like you jam your toe. The he was a great play. He was playing so yeah. well th- he was. that game. He really was. He was all over he, the place. He was it lit ca- for that game. It, ca- yeah. it kind of reminded me of his rookie year. Like, Avante was used everywhere his rookie year. They had him in that third safety spot. Uh, he was just playing incredible football. And unfortunate sometimes with injuries. And, and Josiah Scott came in and wasn't doing what Mattis was doing. Yeah, and then they, but then they moved C.D. Lamb inside and... The rest is history. The rest is history. The rest is history. (laughs) Hey, coming up in our last segment, we're going to go around the league. We're going to talk about the playoff picture. We're going to talk about some of the news that's come out of the NFL over this last week. We're going to have a little bit of fun talking about, you know, let's get off the Eagles for a little bit. All right? Why? There's other things in the NFL because we've got to save it for the pregame show this upcoming Sunday. Right here on 102.5 Fox Sports again, the Green Legion Radio Player Show. We'll be right back right after this. segment here on this Tuesday evening of the Green Legion Radio Players Show. We were lucky enough to have Eagles punter Brett Kern with us on for the first hour. Not Mike Kern. Not Mike Kern. You can hear on Saturday mornings. Which is the best radio show in Philadelphia, according to John Jansen. It is great listening. They're, they're, they're phenomenal. Dick Girardi and Mike Kern, they do good work. Um, obviously, they've been here a long time. Yes. But, uh, but Brett Kern was with us, and it will be podcasted. It will be up and available. Anybody, it was a fantastic hour that we had with Brett, um, which we've had many great players here uh, this season. A lot of fun. And it's, it's a lot more fun when the Eagles are successful and they're winning. Right. Mm-hmm. And we always have Dave. And we always have Thanks, Sam. Good job, Spurge. How, how have fans reacted after the loss? Are they... I'm mad. Angry. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot. From what I think I, I think the season's pretty much over, right? <laughs> I think people were trying to fire Jonathan Gannon again today. Jeez. Oh, no, yeah. that's a oh yeah, they were very angry at Jonathan Gannon. I, it, it's because it was the the Cowboys. Yes. Yeah, but they also wanted to fire him after the Commanders game too. We were eight and one. Uh, you know, it's just I don't know. Everybody man. needs I, to relax. Yeah, I mean we're thirteen and two. Aaron Rodgers over there. Yes, R E L A X. Relax. 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 But uh, let's go around the league. We've had some news tidbits come out over the last few days. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Denver Broncos head coach, was fired the day after Christmas. Yep. Uh, they got Merry Christmas. They got their asses <laughs> whooped by the uh, by the Baker Mayfield led. What was the score uh, of that game? Fifty-one to fourteen. Fourteen. It was four. He picks. Should have been fired. He should have been fired he after week never been, one. He should have never been hired. Well, no, no. He wasn't hired by that staff. He, no, he was hired He was hired because they wanted Aaron Rodgers. And they thought Aaron Rodgers was going to leave right. Green Bay. So they brought him in, a familiar face, his offense coordinator from Green Bay, when he didn't get the job or when they didn't get Aaron Rodgers. And then they had to hire a guy after like the second week of the season to come in and run his clock management and all that stuff. I mean, wow. I mean, talk about a disaster. I mean, Dave... You've been here. You've been covering the Eagles a long time. What's the shortest tenure that you can remember 
for an Eagles head coach in your time frame that you've been with the Eagles? Um, I mean, Chip, three years? Pat Shermer was one game. Um, well, I mean, that's... Oh, the, yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's Chip, yeah, Chip, three years, right? Yeah. Doug, five years. Andy, 14 years. Ray Rhodes was... Four. 90, he was four he years. He was four years. What was Kotite? Kotite was... Coach, I was three. He was 91 through 94. So whatever that was, four years. Four years. Start, he was seven and two in 94. And Pat Shermer got two games, by the way. Uh, I thought he just got the Giants game. I'm pretty sure he got... Oh, maybe the game after was the game after yeah, that, Yeah, too. well, yeah, because uh, it was that mid-December so game. Then, so Chip didn't, Chip, last, Chip didn't last three years. Chip was two years yeah. and, and 14 games. Yeah, he, he didn't go to the Eagles Christmas party. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> winner, winner. It's because nobody wanted Chip at the, at the Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, not allowed in. Nathaniel Hackett obviously deserved to be fired. It's unfortunate the day after Christmas, but you have to bring in a new guy to try and resurrect the career of Russell Wilson. Without a first-round draft pick. Awful. They gave up or a second. Ton, uh, yeah, they gave up a ton for Russell. Russell's he's I, playing terrible, I too. can't believe it's on Russell. I, I got to believe it's coaching. I, I think that... You think so? I think players are products of yes their talent yes their design but i think that i think a, a coach is so instrumental to the success of a player your position coach your coordinator and then your head coach russell has experience and some of the throws i see him making some of the decisions that i see him making are almost asinine it's. I mean, I really don't watch Denver, so I, I don't. I can't really comment on it. I know they just suck, and and they're starting over, and they're in a big hole. And everybody who was talking about Russell Wilson coming to the Eagles, sometimes it's the deals you don't make that are the best deals. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, announced today on Twitter, JJ Watt is going to retire after these next two games. I mean, well, is that official? It's official. Yeah. The three-time defensive player of the year, Walter Payton, it's man of the year. Of course it is. Yes, Sam, do you have anything official. to do with that? No. I. Please. I'm only responsible for one player being awful this year. Okay. I mean, to me, J.J. Watt is like, I'm so sick of being hurt. I m- want to move on. I, I'm sick of rehabbing. It's something every year. I've had a great career. The Cardinals are going to stink yep. for a long time. And... You know, I'm sure J.J. Watt's going to have many, many opportunities to do anything he wants. He's a TV guy, in my opinion. Career, I agree. I, when his career's over, he'll go in any direction, and it'll be a whole lot less painful <laughs> than playing defensive end. Nope. I, I, I totally agree with you 100%, but he's got a great career doing whatever he wants to do when he finishes. And, and yeah, when you're hurt year after year after year, uh, you get tired of the pain, you get tired of rehabbing, you get tired of, this, of the disappointment. I was going to move on to the next one, actually, <laughs> because I wanted to. Uh, I'm intrigued by uh, the AFC South. Well, and I, since since we had uh, a Tennessee Titan and, and Brett Kern on, uh, I wanted to take a look at that division and just see how tremendously Dougie P and, and Jacksonville is playing. In that. But now they are in first place in that division. Now, see, and, it doesn't matter what happens in either game this upcoming weekend. Yeah. It's coming down to those two facing each other yeah. in week 18. Yeah. Where is that Poor game? Poor AFC South. I believe it's in Tennessee. Go, Doug Peterson. Go. Oh, the way Trevor Lawrence yes. is playing right now is just... And that, yeah. Is, that, is, that, is, that, is it Jacksonville? Um, no, I, you would know that because John Jansen yeah. is the number one. John Jansen knows where John Jansen knows where Trevor Lawrence is right now, <laughs> and that's and that's all Doug Peterson. That's all to his credit. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, we, we it's it's like Dave just said. 
Look at how Trevor Coach Lawrence looked last year with mm-hmm. Urban Meyer as right. compared to this year with Doug Peterson. That's what I was going to say. Like I was going to say Nathaniel Hackett is, is the biggest disaster at head coaching uh, since <laughs> Urban Meyer last year. So, <laughs> Which is, I, I think there's only five NFL coaches five, yep. yeah, that, that haven't made it out of the out of year one. And I think the one, one of them was Bobby Petrino, and he chose to leave. He, he bounced from Atlanta and went to Arkansas, uh, an overnight flight. Overnight, it, it should it should give Eagles fans right just a little bit more um, appreciation. Pers- appreciation for Jeffrey. Every single head coach he's hired, everyone he's hired has made the playoffs. Everyone, it's insane. Even the, even though what Chip Kelly turned out to be, the fact that he got okay. to the playoffs, it's, it's, everyone. It's, it's, I mean, Jeffrey has a remarkable eye for coaching talent. And if you if if you think about it too, Chip Kelly was the most sought after. Head coach that he's ever hired, those high-profile head coach like Andy Reid wasn't wasn't a popular hire. Here. Coach. Doug wasn't a popular hire here. Nick Sirianni wasn't a popular hire here. Yep. And but the one guy that came in here with clout and you know the, the, a whole bunch of uh, you know machismo to him was was the guy that lasted the shortest tenure here and in, in James tenure. Chip was going to change the NFL. <laughs> that the off, that, that offense was just not going to work. <laughs> no, I was, I was, at a, I remember being at a, like a luncheon or something one, like early in the season and, and somebody was saying, oh, it's already more fun with Chip Kelly than it was with Andy Reid. And I'm like, this, this just started, man. This, this, yeah. Andy Reid was in 14 years of five NFC championship games and four, and one Super Bowl and nine years in the playoffs. Don't even talk to me about, about that. Like, yeah. Chip F Chip. I mean, I. I Whoa. Where is he today? Whoa. Where is Chip Whoa. Kelly? What's he doing? UCLA. 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 If, if, if you if you ask everybody, anybody in your life, you go, who's the biggest rear end you've ever met in your life? You kind of have an answer, right? Quimby. Chippy. Chip <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> I mean, I think we can all agree to that. Chip, Chip Kelly is my answer. Are we taking Are we taking a vote? No. Yeah. <laughs> Chip, Chip I really Kelly's I really should have said Diaz, but it's yeah. Yeah. the worst. Oh, Six and one, half true. a dozen. That's true. Um, Tua Tagovailoa. Third Aww. time he's been in the concussion protocol. Is this is this it for him this season? And is this it for his career with the Dolphins? I mean, you can't build your franchise around a player. It's unfortunate, and he's shown flashes. He's had some great moments, great games this season. Uh, but yeah, the concussions have to become an issue for both the Dolphins and for him personally uh, off the football field. Well, Irv. You hear you hear of a lot of people or a lot of players uh, that have had multiple concussions. Uh, as Tua has taking into their own hands their career and retiring or, or doing something about it to, to get themselves in a better place so that they don't uh, do something that's going to cause them damage later on in their life. So don't be surprised if, if uh, you hear about Tua considering retiring. Well, who did we have on the show? I can't remember. No, it was Grant Cacatera. Yeah. Yeah. He took a break. Yeah, it's really a shame. I mean, what a talented player. He seems so small, though. Like, when, when he gets ragdolled all the time, like, when, when he gets sacked, he just gets thrown to the turf. And his head just bounces off the turf all the time. Like, he's <laughs> not, not strong enough. <laughs> no, but he's not strong enough to kind of, like... Defensive players don't have to don't have to struggle to get Tua down. They just get him. They just throw him to the ground and he just bounces off the turf. And It's a shame because the first very first half of the season, he was like he was like a house on fire down yeah. there. Yeah, did you guys see the replay of where they think that it happened? I mean, it really didn't look like his head slammed on the ground that hard compared to what you what you normally it, see. I thought it did. 
It, it doesn't have to. But, but based it off its history, do you automatically, as the NFL spotter, do you automatically pull him off, or is that yeah. also on the responsibility of the player? He threw. They had a miss. They had four. Actually, no. They had they had five drives after that play had happened. They had to fumble by Mostert. They had the missed field goal, and then three consecutive drives to end the game with an interception. He obviously wasn't right. Understand this, too. Um, Once you get a concussion, it's easier to get another one. And when you get them back-to-back like that, you know, in a short period of time, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much at all. Players and players don't want to ever come out of games. They're not going to pull themselves. Yeah, Shame. Still players. Players will be players. They've been players. They will... We're tough guys, trying to be tough the guys. But 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 there's a thin line between being tough and being stupid. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that he's in his second year too, and he's already having this conversation early on. It, it, it's only going to go downhill from here. Fun game on Monday Night Football this upcoming week, and this has a lot of playoff implications. The Buffalo Bills go to the Cincinnati Bengals. You get Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. It's going to be a lot of fun on Monday Night Football. I got to tell you, I, I don't, I, I rarely pay attention, but I, I paid attention to the power rankings, and it's amazing. Like somebody has the Bengals as the number one team in yeah. the power rankings yeah. now. Joe Burrow, the on Bengals fire. are the hottest team. He's right on fire now. right now. Did they you guys? A, see, did you guys they, see lost, they lost their right tackle, Lyle Collins. They are. Yeah, that hurts them. That they does. are going to have a lot of problems protecting Joe Burrow. And they already had they already him. Have. They already had him, for sure. Uh, anybody have the final word here this evening? Go Birds! Uh, season's over. <laughs> that was it. Saturday was done. It's you're, a, you're a Grinch. I think don't they should lose the next two just to get a better draft pick. Um, don't be a Grinch. It's going to be 65 <laughs> and sunny Sunday, right? No, they, yeah. I'm going golfing Sunday. They win Sunday. They don't have to worry about playing any starters in the in the final week, and then uh, we're well rested for the divisional round. We'll save our predictions for the pregame show. I will be on the board. So I predict the Eagles win. I think How about all, that? We all do, but we also get scores. Although I don't think our does. No, I don't give score. I just say he's going to win. <laughs> all right. Well. Thank you to everybody that came out here tonight down for the yeah, Green Crowd Radio Player Show. Fantastic crowd here this evening. Yeah. Um, you know, and also we'd like to thank again Eagles punter Brett Kern for joining us here. Great time. Woo-hoo. He was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed having Funny. that conversation with him for that hour. And make sure you guys check out the podcast if you missed it. For intern Lauren, John Jansen back in studio slash Sam Brady, Eagles insider Woo. Dave Spadaro, and the Reverend cheering for myself, the Doctor, yes, Irvin Fryer, yeah, the Legend. I'm Chris Sack, and like a three-one pitch to Ryan Howard, Woo. we are out Woo. of here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody have a great rest of your Tuesday evening. We'll talk to you from 9 to 10. Happy New Year. Right at 1100 Social on Sunday.